I'm Will Hedrick. And I'm Jordan Schaffer. And this is Dog Years and Timestamps, a book club podcast. Shout out Josh Groban. Shout out Josh Groban. We were jamming some Josh Groban. I had totally missed the boat and Jordan was in edifying me. Yeah, man. Well, you didn't miss it hard. You just missed the music. You heard the name. You knew who he was. Yeah. Greatest Christmas album. I figured Noel. I just had heard some of his music at some point, but didn't care. And if I ever listened to like his number one song, I'd be like, oh yeah, of course I've heard that. But that and is not what happened. I did not have, I've never heard that song before. A lot of his songs too. I was already saying this before the, the pod, but like uh, his early albums, he had like several languages he would sing in. And uh, I always was confused. I was like, do you, does he know those languages or is he just singing in them? Cause then mm-hmm. one of our friends from high school was telling me he was learning one of the Josh Groban German songs. He took German as well, but mm-hmm. uh, he said it's singing in German is a lot different than like speaking German as well as uh, like you do, he didn't really know what he was singing. Some of the words yeah. like, so he was like, you can sing it and not know it obviously. So, right. Yeah. It's, just it's probably recitation. easier to learn singing. I think that's why they recommend like listening to music in another language uh, mm-hmm. as like part of your study, you know, Im- immersion. Yeah. Dude, that's me in this story. Segway. Because we, before the show, you guys missed all this, but I couldn't hold, I couldn't stop myself. I kept trying to like <laughs> hold myself back from bringing up the book and topics and things. And I was like, all right, I'll just write it down and ask you on the show. And, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't hold myself back and I'm worried you're not going to like the book. Still, <laughs> still worried about that. Uh, I am unsure how I feel about it so far. Um, it was like we talked about very briefly before we were recording. I wasn't, I was just expecting something totally different, I think, um, which isn't a problem necessarily. I just have to readjust how I'm going to approach the book because I was not expecting, you know, two or three chapters in, however long it was till we get to the point. I did. I was not expecting that I was going to get this dude's life story. Yeah. Well, in the beginning too, it's it just flips between the chronicler who doesn't even really have a name until he meets Quoth, and then mm-hmm. uh, Coat, the barkeep that we don't even really need to get to know because he's just a guy in town. Right. Yeah, yeah. As Coat, he is like just a yeah, you know, just a normal normal guy. Yeah. Until he gets revealed to be Quoth. Yeah. Then. Yeah, it's, I just didn't understand what it was that we were doing. I could see clearly that, you know, coat is not just coat. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does, you know, pretty almost, I think like immediately mentioned that he like had changed his name or whatever. It oh, yeah, he changed his name. to the effect of like, you know, he moved to this town, changed his name for all the usual reasons or something like and that. And then, yeah, right? and then some of so the So he was obviously ones. not who he was presenting himself to be, but I figured it was like, okay, this is the guy, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any sense that we would start like this if it wasn't the guy. Mm-hmm. Oh um, yeah, yeah, of course. And then, and then it becomes obvious that he's the guy. And, and, but then, like you know, there's demons or the the scrail that the townspeople you know refer to as demons. There's no such thing as demons. <laughs> and uh, and then Kavoth is like, oh, I'm going to do something about it, and then he does. Mm-hmm. And there's a war going on apparently, or at least like and, the 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 what what is it called like the boy the meddling the the mumblings of a war you know like mm-hmm. people are people are taking the king's coin or whatever which is like enlisting. one yeah they're enlisting and you mm-hmm. get like one gold talent which is like way more money than uh like most people will see it like right regular ever you know mm-hmm. but but the the thing there i think it was a also a, 
uh, something that came up in Game of Thrones was they were so rich that nobody could break their money. So it's like after a certain point, you have this money that you can't even spend. So yeah. you're basically broke. Right. But you're not. It's like so <laughs> frustrating. It's got to be at least. And, yeah. Um, and I, I honestly don't even know if they brought it up that you can take the king's coin or that you can. Yeah, they said somebody enlisted when they were in town. They're like, oh, yeah. old farmer Joe's kid enlisted or whatever. Yeah, it was but, the goat uh, farm or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and so like all that's happening. And then as soon as that, you know, gets introduced and just the the tight circle of story with the, the five scroll that, you know, came to the camp with, you know, just that being closed off. It then is like, okay, now it's time to go back to when I was born. Mm-hmm. And also several stories about things that happened way before any of us were born. Yeah. And so it's just as odd to me so far. And I don't know that I care about anything that's happening yet. <laughs> that's so funny. Because <laughs> like, to me at this point, it's all endearing. His flamboyance, you know, like his, his uh, bravado with mm-hmm. storytelling and stuff and like, it's it's like charming you know it's Mm -hmm. it's nice i like it you know and because when he starts the story like and he says i should take advice from my father and and start where all stories start at the beginning and then he's like in the beginning taylor made all this like she's like all right you dork like i get what you're doing you're making some theater joke and uh and that's why i laugh and i'm like and that's why i find it like endearing because like of Mm -hmm. course both is making this theater joke he's some he's not only literally a theater junkie he grows up in a theater community like in a traveling bunch of theater theater Mm -hmm. people and his parents happen to be the main two of the like caravan of of travelers so it's Mm -hmm. like he has this expectation probably to be good as well as just being i I know i probably told you this i I think i told everyone last week but i I think i told you this as well but going in he's like the perfect character you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. so if you're not into that you're not you're really gonna dislike this story because he's like he's got that perfect memory you know it's like it always comes up he'll be um completely oblivious to certain things like why for the love of god he never uses any sympathy while he's in on the streets of tarbian just blows my mind it's like you don't do any sympathy i mean i there's a point being made that he left his name and his old self behind at that point. He wasn't yeah. Kvothe. He wasn't mm-hmm. the kid that knew sympathy. And then, you know, when he pulls up his britches or whatever to leave at Tarbian, that's when he re-accepts himself because he's, he was getting like a street education. He wasn't himself anymore, you know? Yeah. So like, there's mm-hmm. that argument and it's like, okay, I get that. Like he wasn't himself. So that's he, the way he that wasn't, I interpreted it. Yeah. He's not the kid anymore that knows these things, which is like. It seems like if you had that in your arsenal, you'd whip out some sympathy. I would. I mean, but right, he wasn't in his right mind. He was a different person. I don't even think he had a name. Well, he did because the priest knew his yeah. name. He called him What's his name? Kvolf. The one that helps yeah. him out. Yeah. He's cool. Yeah, seems um, like a decent dude. Yeah. Helping out the kids. Yeah. When he's all messed up too, like he's got some... Uh, like back and leg and like feet issues. And then he's like lives yeah. in a swamp. <laughs> so right. That can't be good for your, your feet. I'm sure it doesn't help them with any swelling, which was one of the <laughs> right, symptoms yeah. that both immediate. Oh yeah. At that moment he said he like noticed an old page of his, from a, like a life he didn't know when he oh, was, yeah. when it was triggering like the mm-hmm. use the, the 
arrowroot and whatever. Yeah. Spoiler alert, arrowroot is not as good as you think it is. Uh-oh. It's kind of just like a... It doesn't hurt. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of one of those. It like gives volume, I think, to certain other medicines. Like it, it uh, So that you can smear it over a larger amount or whatever. Mm-hmm. But arrowroot doesn't really have that many properties that you need. Oh. So, well. But it's in like every... Uh, it's in everything, you know, it's, it's, it's like salt, I guess, you know, they say throw some salt in there and make it better. (laughs) Yeah. But, well, sorry to keep talking. I'm just so excited. Obviously (laughs) let let you talk. Like, what what do you think? Like, I know you said you don't know who to to like, what to feel. Yeah. I just don't, I don't understand what the stakes are. And so I, I think that's probably my biggest issue with it is that I don't understand what it is that is being done and why it's being done. You know, kind of same. Because, <laughs> like, and I've read the the two books and the two spent mm-hmm. like the two side books, and hopefully you like this book enough to where you'd want to read the next one. And if you don't, I totally understand. But I don't know. At a certain point, I feel like more should have happened. Like maybe I'm missing some of the the. The undertones, because like it is him telling a story in the present, mm-hmm. yeah. but it's like a past story, obviously. So like they do cuts back into present day when he's got to run the inn, and I don't know if we've had any of those yet, but those come, you know, and, and mm-hmm. get a taste back of like co- coat, you know, in town, and uh, but so maybe I'm missing little hints and Easter eggs from those moments, and uh, and like I should know maybe more about what's going on, but we don't spend that much time, like not very yeah. many days progress. And in a world where you get your news by the travelers and there aren't travelers, could you believe how much salt was these days? Right. <laughs> uh, I, I could not for the life of me, like if there was a test and with the, like a guy walked in and t- it was like, tell me how the money works in this world. I'd be like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure that there are two or three types of coin and like most of them use the traditional like seal dish coin because um, the, from the seal dish are like the merchants and they mm-hmm. so they have like they deal with a lot of the money and stuff. And uh, I think it's seal dish doesn't matter. They use talents and they have pennies. And I'm like, what is a penny when you're talking about talents? And so like yeah. I think talents are accepted everywhere and jots and stuff. But like. Then when you go, like in Tarbian, I think that they had copper, iron, uh, different like metal levels of penny. And I think that in that society, like when you're dealing with pennies, I think like 10 copper pennies make like an iron penny. So I think it's like that. Like 10 iron pennies make a silver and then 10 silvers make a... uh, And I think that like... Because he... Yeah, uh, I think like a... Dude, and I could not tell you the conversion... (laughs) <laughs> don't get me started on converting those to talents <laughs> but uh there is a, there is some conversion rate and like mm-hmm. it, it's really interesting to me and i think that just what keeps pulling me in about this book is that patrick rothfuss the author he puts so much effort into each element of the book like i just got lost in a tangent about the money and i don't understand it completely mm-hmm. and it's like he's so invested like he made a whole point of doing an an integrated money system in this world, like a lot more fledged out than maybe necessary, but it might be important in ways that I haven't noticed or that come up, you know, later. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't think off the top of my head if I gave you any spoilers or not. I don't think I did. Cause I can't think of it coming up specifically other than 
Quoth not having any of it. Um, any money, that is. <laughs> and uh, it's just interesting. Like, every element like that has so much into it. Like, we... I, <laughs> one of the nice points of the last book we read was that they didn't really go into everything so much, so we were allowed to play with in the world of our mm-hmm. minds, you know? In the, right. But in this one, he goes into so much of it. Like, you learn about how you need, like, a rock-hard ailer to focus and ailer is when you split your mind into multiple states of thinking. And if you have a rock hard ailer, as hard as Ramston steel, they might say. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, it, so if you, your ailer, if you have this focus, you can do what it's called sympathy, which is the magic in the world. And, uh, and, and then there's like a, a truer magic of naming mm-hmm. and, uh, and earlier you, you made me think of this, but like, obviously naming is super important. Like they start off saying like, names are important to him like to coach yeah. so mm-hmm. if nothing else like name is identity is important but in this world it's obviously has a deeper a deeper connotation right yeah so i asked what you thought about the book and i talked for another ten <laughs> <minutes>. <laughs> um I, that's more or less all i have for it so far as far as like how i'm feeling about it mm-hmm. um it, i just need to like i said i need to just readjust the way that i'm approaching it um now that i understand that it's not going to do anything different anytime soon (laughs) yeah Um, and so uh you know if i can adjust then it'll be fine uh but other than that i do like the world that exists here i think that there's a lot of really interesting stuff happening in it um i do think that maybe it could be a little less detailed. Uh, it's not. I totally get it, especially in the way that we're reading it, where there's a little bit of a deadline, even though that isn't that much of a factor. It still plays a part. It like, feels I had to a listen... little bit more stilted because it's supposedly something that he's saying as a part of his dictated life story. Mm-hmm. But I have a hard time believing that someone would speak like that <laughs> all He's the time from the edema you know? Rue. well i guess so that's certainly the obvious way to explain that is that it's a different culture and so obviously i don't understand that not only a different but, culture it's a it's like a different subculture <laughs> in the right culture. yeah sorry i know that's what you're saying um, but i wanted to specify right <laughs> but but so it's just uh seems a little stilted sometimes the way that he talks i I get you um stilted meaning like stagnant when it doesn't like it's the story isn't moving or progressing when it could be like it's well, just, just spending like more it, time doing it just feels a little um like he named 12 songs that he learned when he his lute strings broke it's like all right guy, we get <laughs> yeah. it like you could have just said a couple and we get that you're making up songs about the birds singing like, right yeah and then your string broke and so like you it's can, a little extra yeah um which is if you know that's him as a personality that's fine uh i get that but he wasn't that when we met him (laughs) he like never said anything to anybody uh and then you know just character flips which is also fine that could be part of the character as well so i don't know i also just don't know how i feel about kavoth in general Mm -hmm. still um he doesn't have very many good titles Quoth King Killer, Quoth the, blood, the Bloodless, Quoth uh, right, yeah. 
yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't really know exactly how I feel about him yet either. Yeah, I don't know if I like him or dislike him. I don't know. There's just so much I don't know about the story yet. <laughs> yeah, he's he's definitely like a fun vehicle for this world since there is so much that he wanted to put in a story and he was, mm-hmm. he is so detailed. He's able to bring in elements that I know I've talked about. Like the whole book we just read, uh, Into the Heartless Wood, I was like, this feels like a side story in my favorite book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. And uh, so to think of something like that even being, like there, you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about if we mm-hmm. get to that point, but like, it's not in this book, spoiler. Ah. But like I totally know what you mean because of that. Like he just he I don't know. I guess that's why I find it so cool. It gives me more and more of and like it's a lot of concepts I've never thought of before. And and Quoth is a great vehicle for that. He's so smart that he like he learns the new cultures quickly and like if mm-hmm. he doesn't he can adapt. And a lot of times he's always like, a lot of times he's always, he's almost (laughs) always the underdog. You know, he's like Mm -hmm. the epitome of an underdog every time, you know. And uh, I guess that can get old because you know how it's going to work. You know it's going to work out. I mean, he's still alive, so it's not like he dies. But uh, I don't know. I guess I feel like I'm being defensive and I'm not trying to be because... uh, (laughs) Because I know what you mean. He's he's like a question mark. He doesn't even know himself. Like, like yeah. the chronicler has to convince him to tell the story. He's like the important people know like the difference between what happened. And he's like, but you and I both know that like how close your story is to the realm of like fan- not fantasy, but like the realm of rumor mm-hmm. and how much more like appetizing rumors get when they're like. You know, you just, you know how it works. Like right. nobody's telling rumors about the cute puppy down the street. They're telling rumors about the guy kicking his puppy, uh, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, he just, you're right. There's a lot of character growth just in the first little chunk. I love it, dude. I could, I could talk about it forever and go off on crazy tangents, obviously. <laughs> yeah. There's just a lot being presented. Um, and I, because of the way that it's being told, it seems, I'm not sure that it's all entirely necessary. I don't totally get why we needed the two religious stories. Um, Which ones? The one where Telu is born mm-hmm. and then oh, yeah, okay. does his thing and then fights... The, Scarpy told that one, the, right? The big demon. Um, uh, story was cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a good little story. But it takes away um, from the main point. And, and it's not short either. Yeah, it's like 42 minutes. It's a long yeah. bit. And when, when you're trying to progress the story, I could... I, I'm, I see what you're saying. I just saying. feel like whatever we're supposed to get from it, like, you know, references to the powers that, you know, the forces that are happening right now, like, you know, the... The, the god that I just said. Telu. The Telu, yeah, Telu, and the the main demon who seems to have come back um, or something like that. And then, so like, I, we, but like those points can be, you know, brought across in, you know, in, in less Canis? than 40 minutes. Yeah, in Canis. And, you know, there's the the festival that happens at the end of the year where. Yeah, I forgot what the, that was called. Um, it's not reaping. 
No. Reaping happens like, like every month. I don't know their terminology. It was mourning, I think, is what it was. Huh. Um, but yeah, they they definitely do have different terminology. Uh, there's no like uh, relatable terms that we have for any of their names, which is fine because it's a fantasy world. It's kind of uh, fun too because it's they're not so foreign that you're like, you're like I I kind of get what a span is, <laughs> and then you learn it's like eleven days. So it's like okay, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a real term for days, but not that I've heard. Yeah, so I always forget what a fortnight is, but I think that's I think it's two weeks. 14 days. I think so as well. I was going to say 12 for some reason. Well, you're wrong. I could be. I'm kidding. <laughs> Very easily could be. I, like I said, I always forget what it is. Um, But yeah, I've definitely never heard of Span before. Yeah. Uh, well, hit me with your notes, man. Would you, like, would you write? I have... I just have two notes. One of them is just a joke. Uh, There's whenever one of those people that came through on that merchant train before we start going through the life story uh, shows up at the end and one of them is like, Hey, I know who you are. And, and then he has, uh, you know, coat has to come up with a story or whatever. And his story is that he once took an arrow in the knee. I wrote that down too. And I was like, okay, Skyrim. That was such a, like, although this book was published, when that happened, I think. Like, I think he... It, no, because I think this book was published like in 97 or something really? like that. Yeah. If I remember what I looked at correctly. Oh, I thought it was a straight up Skyrim reference. No, I think if anything, Skyrim took it from this. Because Skyrim didn't come out until 2010. Well, shout out Skyrim. That's awesome if they did that. I mean, Patrick Rothfuss, I'm sure I've said this on other podcasts, but I'll say it again. He first and foremost wanted to be a video game story writer like and, yeah i remember you telling me about that like before. his yeah i think his passion is like video games and video game stories so like and because of his popularity through this book he's actually gotten to do quite a bit of that you know and uh i don't think that he was involved with skyrim and he was like hey let's do this shout out to my book but uh well this copy has a copyright for 2007 but that no. i thought that's i thought it was like 07 11 and uh like maybe it is maybe we're I waiting on the last one now but yeah i thought that was super funny too i wrote it down i wanted to make sure you knew or you noticed i mean i figured you would have yeah 2007 i was totally wrong but um skyrim did come out afterwards oh, okay yeah skyrim was like in cottage right what if he played yes. the beta of skyrim he was a beta tester for he was a beta tester. i remember reading a magazine that had a skyrim spread in it and that was whenever i was in college so yeah, yeah. it must have been 2011 um, uh, my other note was it was in an interlude section he's going on about s- something or other and he talks about like oh you'd think that you know, you would remember all the injuries that you've ever had, yeah. right? But I don't remember those. I remember something else. Yeah, I remember and, that. Scene. And then on the next page, he then says um, that his memory is so sharp from Ben's training that he has to be careful not to cut himself. And so, do you remember everything, or do you not remember things that you say that you should remember? <laughs> I just feel like those were two very contradictory interactions that he had within one page. That yeah, that is an interesting. That is funny. I was I was straight up like about to defend him. 
like he's a real person or something. <laughs> no, Will. The reason he did it this way was because blah, blah, blah. It's like nobody cares. <laughs> it just stuck out so it. hard That's to funny. me at that moment. I was like, wait a second. You, you, I can still see in the corner of my eye where you said that you don't remember this other thing. And if he has said, <laughs> I mean, maybe he just hasn't counted them. <laughs> but say that. Like, because you do, because you're right. He does have like this incredible memory that's like to the T. And uh, and he should remember that. I, I do understand the point he was making that like this kid getting assaulted, yeah, uh, sexually in the freaking in the alley in the alleyway, and yeah. yeah. And then and then he also alluded to himself like having had that happen as well. So he like knew the struggle. Like he couldn't. I think that I don't know. I, I know he brought it up because I mean, you obviously know why he brought it up. He mm-hmm. was te- he was trying to tell you like that he wasn't like like he he still thinks back to that and he knows he could have done something like if he was doing the right thing he would have right, yeah. been to sacrifice yeah it's about his lived. regret yeah. and yeah and so yeah and i totally so, get that it's just but funny it, to it is super funny like you said that <laughs> and i don't <laughs> just like my i'd have to go so back shocked. and double check but it, it, and i think that the conversation about his memory the second time around where he then says you know my memory is so sharp i'm not sure that that part of the conversation was even necessary anyways because <laughs> mm-hmm. i think it's he's oh man i had it there for a second but he remembers something about the story that he's about to tell and he like asks himself a question and then he answers it like of course i remember that the you know my, the memory that ben's training gave me was, i don't think that that part needed to even be said anyways mm-hmm. and then it was said and happened to also contradict something that it said just yeah. a minute ago so it just feels like a an odd, clumsy little bit there. Yeah, and I don't but know. But it just stood out to me. It doesn't. That's so you know, funny. It doesn't really mean anything for the rest of the book. It just no. It shows so he's a liar. obvious to me. <laughs> I mean, he's a liar, and he's full of contradictions, and I don't like him anymore. <laughs> Let's stop reading. Right, we're going to cancel Kvoth. <laughs> yeah, cancel Kvoth. Cancel Patrick Rothfuss, and uh, cancel Josh Groban. <laughs> Bunch of liars, all three of them. What language do you speak, Josh? He's like, I can sing in seven. I speak English. <laughs> um, okay. I wrote a bunch of stuff. Um, cool. Yeah. Oh, and earlier when we were talking, I was like, I'll stop and write it down and I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah. um, I think it would be awesome if Kvothe plays an organ at some point because I watched like this mini documentary on YouTube about organs mm-hmm. and it's super interesting. Like to play the organ, you needed like back in the day, you needed people pumping air yeah. into the organ so that it could make the, the, the notes, you know? Mm-hmm. And so you couldn't just practice organ <laughs> with, like <laughs> yeah. by yourself. So a lot of the people that played it were like prodigies or is like, and I, and I, I, the way I understood it too, is they're so loud that like you can hear them for like a mile or something. So do the do the townsfolk just hear you practicing organ for church and then they go in and they're like, Oh, you finally got it. Nice. <laughs> or like I don't know. It just didn't make sense to me how anybody got good at the organ back in the day. And uh I just think it'd be dope if Quoth played the organ because it's so complicated. There's so many knobs and triggers and like you're playing notes with your feet, like the 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 push pedals mm-hmm. on the bottom aren't to hold notes out longer. They're to play different notes on the organ. It's like, okay, right, yeah. guy, that's crazy. <laughs> so like to have Quoth play that, I think that would be dope. I think, it, and it, and it has to do with the wind. So like, what if he could call the name of the wind into the, the organ and then he could play it like, like a legit organ by himself. Like what if that's how he gets out of some disaster scenario? Like people are like, 
like he makes some crazy sound that like like he plays the organ when everyone knows you need multiple people to play the organ like that just shows his immense power like he fills up this Mm -hmm. giant cathedral organ or whatever that would be dope man god that would be cool i think it'd be cool oh so that was the thing that i was like wouldn't that be neat if he did this uh air to the knee i wrote that um gave him menka instead of night aid that kid that was like you're you're both right i was like oh is it night aid or nightshade because nightshade i'm pretty sure is it'll kill you so generally nightshade is so if he said toxic yeah if both said give him minka and uh, oh no because bast was like minka instead of nightshade it's like bast was trying to kill him (laughs) it's like bast just went dark or maybe he was making a dark joke i felt like the the way that i interpreted that was that Bast was gonna just give him like you know a regular thing, and then Kvothe was like, "No, give him like the big stuff. I don't need him to remember anything." And then he says Menka, and then but then Bast replies Menka instead of Nightshade, uh, and I was like, "You I trying guess to I, kill him?" I guess I heard that backwards then, or maybe heard, I heard. It I guess backwards. I read it backwards. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I just thought it was funny. No, because if he said Nightshade, I wrote Night Aid. But if if he said nightshade, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, he's straight up trying to kill him, right. or make a, jo- a joke about let's kill him, you know? Right. <laughs> um, I I felt like Quoth knew the kid with like that was the sandy haired man's like son or whatever, or maybe he he looked like he, I don't know. For him to have the memory of like so sharp from Ben's training, you'd think he'd remember a face. But if he was being coded <laughs> at that point, I don't know. The kid that recognizes right. him is. Mm-hmm. The place he said he heard him play is like a big room. So it's not like you would see everyone there. So, I mean, and, and there there are tons of like people mm-hmm. going in and out and like in like several floors, you know, like it, it makes sense that it could, he could have been in the audience and heard him play and not, and then, you know, both didn't recognize him or see him. Yeah. I just, I don't know. It seemed. He had some descriptors that make me think like, is he related to somebody we meet later? Or is he like, I don't know. I was mm. I was trying to make connections that probably aren't there. I just was like, this kid has some significance. Mm. And um, I tried to write down some of the like nursery rhyme things unless they were super long. Uh, oh, yeah. But uh, one of the ones that, I, that was short that I thought was cool was, uh, let me tell you what to do. Dig a hole that's 10 by 2. Ash and Elm and Rowan too. It's just like how you kill, get rid of demons. <laughs> right, yeah. And uh, it's, it's just like they're alluding at this point, like I asked you before the show, is like if uh, you noticed any foreshadowing. And there was one line that I think Coat says it, but he said, uh, you'd be surprised the things you can learn from children's songs, which is foreshadowing some stuff because later that like that we read um i remember hearing coat is sing quoth sorry as it like a little boy is singing a song about the chandrian mm-hmm. yeah and uh and his mom hears it and she, she's like don't sing that song and it's more i think it's more so along the lines of like don't say the chandrian's name because that's like a curse but her uh his his parents are writing a song about the chandrian and the chandrian yeah. are like those seven bad bad guys mm-hmm. and uh that you know the blue fire come in the dark and they'll mess you up and uh the seven swordsmen of the mist oh is that what they're called the i missed that dude that's dope i didn't I never no, heard that. A, oh lord of the rings reference naruto naruto how did i miss that yeah remember the seven sword ninja of the mist 
Ooh, I remember the Mist Kingdom. Zabuzaza, the shark guy is yeah, one yeah, of them. Yeah, um, yeah. A couple other people that we deal with are in there. Dude, swords are so cool. The sword in this book is is dope sounding. Oh, Folly? Yeah. The one that we see them hang up. I'm glad you said that because that's not what I was going to call it. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it sounds cool. I mean, they're describing it to sound cool. Oh, for sure. And so it's like not your traditional sword. At some sword, point, and it's I'm like... assuming we'll get to see it do something. <laughs> I think so, yeah. And if not in present day in the past you know when he yeah. gets when he gets it mm-hmm. but it's it i liked some of the things that they described in it because it was like uh like a like the iron or whatever on the that the sword is made out of looks like old and but like not worn you know like because mm-hmm. uh, it's a, it's a sword that's supposed to be like older than makes sense <laughs> and like all the swords from this place mm-hmm. but oh yeah so just the so the Chandrian thing that I went back to, uh, mm-hmm. so he was singing that kid's song about like the Chandrian and right. how the, the lady Lockless has her like, uh, well, she, no, 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 sorry. They, they alluded to his Chandrian song and then the Lackless, like he sang a nursery rhyme later on and his mom was like, Hey, don't sing nursery rhymes like that. And I feel like they're related. Like the Lacklesses and the Chandrian are related. Hmm. Mm. I'm, th- I'm, I'm, I'm thinking too hard on it now. <laughs> They're not related like by blood, but yeah, there's another relation there that I don't need to talk about. My bad. But it was it was saying how like he Quoth says or Coat says you'd be surprised at things you learn from, from children's songs, mm-hmm. and then later we hear like a little kids singing like like different nursery rhymes and children's songs. So it's to me they stood out, and I was like, okay, mm-hmm. make sure you pay attention. And I wanted to write down the Lady Lackless one because I wanted to try to figure out some stuff about it because pretty much I feel like anytime if he writes a nursery rhyme out, it's going to matter. And I don't know that for a fact, but like a lot of them just are catchy jingles so that you remember like, uh, um, the, the one about tinkers or whatever, how they return the favor twice as nice or whatever. Right. Uh, yeah, no, I can't remember it, but I need to go back and write down every nursery rhyme or like, uh, little thing um in the book because i feel like they're all gonna matter if not for the podcast for my own like fan theory building <laughs> yeah and um we wrote down the chapter that it was on chapter 11 if you guys are interested um oh i thought this was kind of depressing <laughs> yeah he says the day we look to the future is the day we leave our childhood behind i think ben says that or maybe coat's dad says it I don't remember. I Some, remember it, but I don't remember who's talking. I think they're talking about Coates' Coates future and how like he thinks he should go to the the university. Hmm. And uh, and I, and they're like, well, he's never talked about that, and and I, it's something like that where it's like you know he's still a kid, he's not thinking about the future. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like once you think about your futures, when you leave your childhood behind, I was like, oh, <laughs> that's sad. I left it behind a while ago. Like in <laughs> high school, I was thinking about like what college I was going to go to, all that stuff. I was always living in the future. Never had a childhood, I guess, huh? Guess not. According to this Not book. by that logic, yeah. Um, oh, what's the deal with Greystones? <laughs> I feel like those are going to matter. And they, they don't must, feel right. like it yet. Yeah. They're, even if all that they matter is like it's like a like a fucking map or something like that. Yeah, that's a good point. They like could somebody just be... finally gets like a bird's eye view of it or something and says, what? But, whoa, that's where the thing is. 
something like that. That would be awesome. <laughs> Why doesn't somebody invent a plane? They have so much crazy stuff in this world that I'm like, what time period is this? It's like hard for me to tell because they're like smelting iron into steel and stuff. And I'm just like, yeah, so far it just seems. And then they have refrigerators, chill charmers. Yeah. So there's like clearly magic in the world and it's not like a, oh, we don't believe in magic anymore kind of thing. Like there's, that dude does it down the street, motherfucker. You know, like it's out there. Um, it makes me think of like. Sort of like uh, Gentleman Bastards, yeah. where there's like a weird mix of technology, like mm-hmm. it, it's existing somewhere like in the, you know, like mid to late 1700s, where there's just like weird things that mm-hmm. exist, like they know gunpowder pretty well by that point, but they still only have wooden ships, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know? Um yeah, like but then there's also the- like some magic, and mm-hmm. although it's you know in Gentleman Bastards the magic was kind of from a, a you know bygone era and a race of people that don't exist anymore, but the magic in this is still like you know present and real. I caught myself thinking about Locke today. Yeah, yeah, on his boat. I need to finish that. Yeah, we should read that next after after maybe maybe after this book or after we do this as a series, if you want to do it as a series, but Mm -hmm. maybe after this book, we could reread that one because it's like another redhead. (laughs) It's not why I was thinking about it. Identifiable for you. He's got similarities to both, you know, just in literal appearance and as well as being one of those super underdogs with great memory. Right. Now, Locke has the more endearing quality of not being able to do everything. (laughs) (laughs) But but Kvothe has this, you know, uncanny ability to do everything that somehow I still find endearing and like cool. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've said endearing a bunch. Is that my new word? Maybe. At least of the week. I'm in dot. It's only Tuesday, so you've got plenty of days left. Well, I'll keep using it. There you go. And see how how much I like it. Yeah, I I know what you mean, though. I feel like this is one of those worlds that it's like it's in the past with a weird twist on the future so he can do some stuff and not have to necessarily think about that element. Like, I don't think he wanted to have to go through a whole series on like where the university keeps all their dried and salted pork or whatever. (laughs) Right, yeah. (laughs) But knowing that there are chill charmers and they learned somewhere, you know, and that there's obviously some sort of refrigeration, <laughs> right? <laughs> you yeah, know, like, yeah. and they have cold drinks. So he can write something like, ah, refreshing cold drink. And it's not like, well, how did you get ice? Right. Are you yeah. crazy? <laughs> you know, like it's, yeah, I feel like that's sort of the twit. I mean, also it's a world. I don't, I don't want to say this, but I like to think of it like this is a world that like was taken by magic rather than like industry, uh, than like, uh, industry and el- uh, electronics and stuff mm-hmm. like how Full Metal Alchemist was a world that like didn't really go into the physics realm of things because they had alchemy. So everybody yeah. did alchemy and they and they do these fantastic things through alchemy rather than through technology, technolo- mm-hmm. technological world. So I feel like that's a little bit of the twist on it. I hate to keep identifying other shows and other stories to his his work, but. Uh, I mean, you pull from. Well, that's everything. all everything yeah. is. Yeah, there's there hasn't been anything original since the first person. Yeah, and I'd hate to say that like he stole these ideas. <laughs> like, I don't think that that's right. the case. I well, just, everything influences everything. Yeah, and and I do like that sort of universe, you know, where it's a twist on what could have happened. You know, yeah, alternative history. Yeah. Got more notes. Um, so it, at, there was like whatever day that they have the. 
in Tarbian, whenever they have like the the Incanus thing, like where mm-hmm. they're like going and they're picking up women and they're like, Tell you son to Alsaeha or whatever. And uh and then they're like, Oh, you got me and then set her down. Right. <laughs> it's like Swiper and and Dora the Explorer. You <laughs> yeah, just have just, to say the right thing and they're just like, Oh yeah. man and then take off. Well, uh, during that night, like when he, so he's like begged for, he got like that silver penny or whatever, and then he loses it and the guard whoops his butt. And then those two nice people come and help him. I wrote their names down because I want them to matter. (laughs) Uh, Garrick and Holly. Yeah. And then, um, and they gave him like a, an even, an even larger sum of money or whatever. Like, like I think they gave him a silver talent. Like yeah. he had a silver penny and mm-hmm. then he got a silver talent instead. And it yeah. was like, Ooh, everyone recognizes the sealed. <laughs> the sealed them. Okay. But that's all I wrote. Just that Garrick and Holly. And I wanted to remember them. They were super cute. <laughs> There's like almost no way that they matter though. Right. I don't know. So at least since he's left the city at this point, I mean, he can go back. Yeah. And I mean, they could leave the city. <laughs> well, yeah, I feel true. like that they gave me the vibe of being some sort of like riffraff, not necessarily riffraff, but like, like they weren't. Well, they were important to enough be to be. Well, he's playing the the big demon. But I feel like he? they were doing that as an excuse to come into the town. Oh, you know? okay. like it feels to me like something's going on there. Like, mm-hmm. why did they stop for so long to help? Cool. Like it, it felt to me like they were foreign in that aspect. Like they, they stopped to help this person when in like a big city in New York or whatever. Like you probably, like if you were a local, you just walk past them because you see that ten times a day. You don't want to yeah, get in. I see you, what you're saying. You've been yeah. tricked a bunch of times or whatever. You don't mm-hmm. want to go. And then they still have like maybe not necessarily the innocence, but they see somebody like, like they they feel for them differently. I don't mm-hmm. know. I'm reading a lot saying. into them, but I want them to matter. Like I said. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, chapter 26, the story of Lanray. I think that's super important, and I'm going to re-listen to it. It was definitely really interesting. It was a, a very interesting story. That's what I'm excited about you reading it, because you're like you're going to remember all the details and stuff, and I've just like. I've just read them a bunch and I mm-hmm. saw like remember names maybe quicker, but like you'll remember the details of the story and you'll probably put things together that like I didn't even consider or that. Cause one time I watched a fan theory on this story, you know, and mm-hmm. it was so interesting and I can't wait to like play in that space with you. <laughs> <laughs> it is a weird story in that I feel like it changes the um religious or this the structure of whatever this faith is that they have because there's like a god above Telu in the Lanry story. There's like somebody that they all are answering to. Um after what's his name defeats, you know, Lanry who is turned into Haliax or whatever. And then he goes and is like, hey boss, I I'm going to do this. What do you think about that? And then some other people are like, that presumably at his levels they were like, they're like, boss, we think this about what he said, and one of them is Tillu. But I thought that he was God and he created the earth or something like that. That's what it says in the first story about him whenever he's born. Yeah. So I just don't know what that means. Yeah, me neither. And also, I didn't notice the thing you said. Um, he turns into uh what did you say he turned into? He um not not Taylor. 
you said. Oh, Lanry. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever he like is once he's fully corrupted, what's his name? The king of the city who he you know just had his city destroyed, Tarmiriel or whatever uh-huh. was the name of the city. Um, he like then discovers that Lanry's name like is something else mm-hmm. now because he's a different person. He's you know corrupted or whatever. And then Landry, I think Landry literally names himself Haliax in that interaction, mm. where he's like, I, "I have, you know, I have changed. My name can no longer be Landry. Landry is no longer whatever. I am now, you know, I've been corrupted into Haliax." Mm. And then Haliax is the guy who, yeah, is there. He's the like the leader of the Chandrian. Yeah, the Chandrian leader. So that's like Landry come back is what we're supposed to get from that. But I don't I think we needed 40 minutes of storytelling to get that Lanry is Haliax. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. I need to re-listen. I forgot about those things. But yeah, the, and I don't know. There's something weird about the structure of the religion in this world. I guess that there could be two different versions. Yeah. But it's yeah. different like, beliefs structurally about what is God. Uh, and it's just weird. Mm-hmm. And it's weird that we need to learn that as part of a book. <laughs> it's all It's all interesting. Yeah, I uh, I don't even really know what matters a ton and what doesn't, because like the fan theories are one thing, and then also I'm just like letting them tell me what they figured out in the mm-hmm. book. So yeah, <laughs> like, some of it I feel like I'm noticing, but like other things too. When I want to, that's why I've listened to it so many times. Like there are things I'm missing that I want to uh, like piece together on my own. Mm-hmm. You know, like I want to be able to kind of see where the third book is going to go, and I have no idea really. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm excited. I uh, uh, I don't even know what else to say. How much, uh, where did you want to go to? Uh, we can get to up to chapter 65. Okay. So read through chapter 64. Chapter 65 is entitled Spark. Ooh. So we'll stop there. Nice. Jordan thinks that's a good place to stop. Sounded better than the alternative. It sounded like we were going to get too much of a tease. <laughs> so. so we'll read that far. Up to 65. Yeah. Let us know what you think about the book. Um, you can reach out to us on our social media, um, ears underscore stamps at Instagram and Twitter, right? Mm-hmm. And then dog ears and timestamps at gmail.com if you want to email us. And then if you go to anchor, anchor.fm slash dog ears and times ears dash stamps ears dash stamps yeah uh anchor.fm slash ears dash stamps and that has our links to social media, way to support us directly. Um thank you to Anchor and uh yeah, read through no. uh, chapter 35, 65? 265. Uh, 265, yes. Okay, so 364. 364 will be the final chapter that you read today. All right. 364. Well, cool. Yeah, let us know what you think. Tell friends. Leave a like and let us know what you think. We'll try to have video soon as a... As yeah, a little... that's something we've been working on. I yeah. think I think I have it figured out. So look we'll forward see. to that. Yeah, look forward to that maybe, maybe. at some point. Yeah. <laughs> no pressure, though. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully soon. Cut all this out. I will. <laughs> I'm Will Hedrick. I'm Jordan Schaffer. It's Doggers and Timestamps.